Hi guys, and welcome back to our last and final episode of Pen and Normal Changes, where we looked, in the past episodes, we looked at all the different ways that the pandemic has influenced our lives in different aspects, such as, you know, food, sports, you know, education, and social media. And since this is our last episode, we've kind of decided to just take it easy and just talk about our what we liked about the podcast, what we didn't, you know, some of our favorites or least favorites. And then also kind of just, I guess, a summary of the way that the pandemic has changed our lives. So how are you feeling about the last episode? I'm I'm kind of excited. I'm kind of sad that this is going to be over and I won't get to talk to you every week anymore. Oh. Wow. <laughs> But overall, I'm kind of, yeah, I'm happy. We're almost finished our cast project. Dude, I'm so happy we're finishing our cast project. This is such a big burden on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even though it was so fun and everything, like, just writing the cast reflections after. <laughs> oh, oh. oh, we're going to have to write another reflection after this, and it's probably going to have to be, like, super detailed because it's, like, the last one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah like I guess we can kind of talk about and this is just like um, favorite episodes was there like one episode that you really enjoyed talking about or like planning for I, mean, I feel like we both had the same favorite episode I don't know about you <laughs> but mine was definitely <laughs> the sports episode <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> the Olympics. that was such a fun episode to record since it was like so casual Dude, like, if someone had asked me before we started filming, like, recording, which episode do you think would be your favorite? I'd probably say something like pop culture or social media. I know. Like, we weren't originally planning to do the sports either, right? It's kind of like, meh, it's just there. I felt like before, I was like, we're going to force ourselves to do this. But then, yeah, best one. But that was oh before before the Olympics actually started, right? Maybe that's why we went. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I guess, kind of a coincidence and stuff that like the time that we were filming was perfectly like the Olympics were going on. So it felt so good because it was like so relevant. Mm-hmm. And we were all hyped up for the Olympics in the first place. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> like. For that episode, at first, we were going to talk about, like, sports more in general of, like, you know, gym class or, like... Yeah, we were also going to talk about the Euro Cup and yeah. the tennis... <laughs> What's the tennis one called again? The Will... I don't even remember. Wimbledon or something? <laughs> yeah, Wimbledon. <laughs> I didn't know anything about sports. I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to talk about the Euro Cup. <laughs> Wimbledon tennis tournament that i didn't even know existed yeah <laughs> that was probably oh, so- the episode i was least looking forward to and the episode that i was most worried about but oh really yeah the one i was most worried about was actually the first one food food yeah we actually did research on that one Okay, yeah, true. Was like that was the one where we were like... Because, <laughs> yeah. like, for that one, I don't know, we were all pretty nervous. It was the first episode and everything. Yeah, yeah. We made it seem really formal, but then it was like... 
<laughs> it was so awkward too. <laughs> we couldn't improv or like cutting each other off, like, and a lot mm-hmm. of blank space, blank time. Accidentally revealing oh, where we live and stuff. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think we did reveal where we lived at. And we had to cut it out. We went, oh, no. And then the cuts were really bad, too. <laughs> oh, but yeah. And then, like, okay, what was the hardest episode for you to record? Or, like, your least favorite? I feel like the food one might have been the hardest. Since, like, I just didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, like... Um, yeah, that's it. The food. I actually felt like... Health kind was of... kind of hard, too. No, actually, the second half of health was pretty good, but then the first half was kind of hard. I actually I felt think... like education was the hard one for me. Education? I don't yeah, even remember education. what we did in education. I felt like education was because, like, we talked so much about our personal education and then a lot of education stuff in other episodes that it felt like we were repeating a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. And, like, kind of the same thing with social media, I feel like. Oh, yeah, that's true, that's true. Mm -hmm. Because we talked about algorithms and everything in every single episode. (laughs) Yeah, the health like, kind of felt like a repetition too because like every single episode we were like get your vaccines. <laughs> we're we're actually just a podcast telling people that they should get their vaccines if they're eligible. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole purpose of this podcast. Go get your vaccines, people. We wanna we wanna go eat sushi without having to social distance. Oh, yeah. But also, like, I mean, I feel like that kind of shows how a lot of the themes that we kind of explored, they're not subjected to just one aspect of our lives and they're stuff like all, that. They're like, interconnected with each other. Yeah. Like, like I never the thought people. that social media and food, actually, never mind, social media goes with everything, never mind. Education, <laughs> that education and food would be so similar but they were (laughs) (laughs) and like it's so surprising how every single episode we can somehow talk about theory of knowledge and psychology (laughs) even in like the food episode (laughs) how how do we do it i don't know the Olympics episode, we were, like, going off about, like, oh, the psychology behind <laughs> performance and stuff. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that, too. <laughs> so I guess, like, we really have to thank our psych and theory of knowledge teachers. <laughs> mm-hmm. They taught us a lot. That are relevant. <laughs> I know, like, we never used our chemistry knowledge in this podcast. Oh, and even yeah, though like we kind of had a little bit of math somewhere in there, did we? But like Not statistical too. math. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny how like, it's funny how like the 
sciences they're like the most favored in school and the most looked up on but then we ended up using the ones like psych and tok a lot in our daily lives mm-hmm. okay but then like speaking of that it's just because okay just because i was doing a lot of research on like university courses and whatever and a lot of like the universities talk about how um the social sciences are actually becoming one of the most relevant subject areas in today's world just because you know there's technology now and also like politics and stuff are getting so advanced so it's actually kind of off the what do you call it hard sciences is that i don't even remember natural sciences uh natural sciences yeah 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 before um if you asked me before this podcast, which is more useful, the natural sciences or the social sciences, I probably would have been like, yeah, the natural sciences. Oh, but really? now I realize how useless the natural sciences is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure if this was a podcast about like astrophysics and like space, then you would probably still think natural sciences. <laughs> but just because... Yeah, but even, when, even if we were talking about astrophysics and space, it would link back into POK. <laughs> like, does this really exist? What if this Very is all everywhere? Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess theory of knowledge isn't even a social science. It's a, it's a, whatever theory they call it. Theory of knowledge is just, like, it's nothing. It's, like, everything. <laughs> it's nothing. But it's everything. <laughs> That's so vague. <laughs> it's not like a specific. Oh, it's, it's a... more like wasn't it a philosophy or something? It was like a philosophy. yeah, but it's philosophy, but it's not philosophy at the same time because philosophy is a lot of abstract, and theory of knowledge is related to actual life, like. Oh, yeah. I feel like theory of knowledge is just a way of rethinking. Yeah. Where it's teaching you to make sense of stuff in a different way. To make sense of more stuff. That class actually helped so much. Like, I'm reading the theory of knowledge book right now. And I think I'm going to live a better life after. (laughs) <laughs> it's Honestly, a life I can, see, I can see my grades going up i feel like mm-hmm. just by reading that book i feel like i have a better study um technique okay but that book and it's called think again by adam grant just in case anyone wants to read it but like the the one most important thing i learned from that book that i feel like i can use in my own life is how to convince other people in arguments. Really? Yeah. I didn't get to that part. I only finished the first part. Uh, it talks about rethinking in like in yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interpersonal rethinking, not intrapersonal rethinking. Yeah. Or no, intrapersonal. Uh, intrapersonal. Ugh, I can't talk. Go ahead. <laughs> But, like, that part was, like, really important because it's, like, a lot of the times when people are 
I use this as an example in our health episode when talking about vaccines and stuff. But, like, when you meet someone who has opposing views as you, your first instinct is to argue with them. And that'll only create more conflict because people don't want to think that they're wrong, right? You don't want to, like... The more that you argue with someone, the more they're going to, like, not want to agree with you. The more they're going to want to fight with you. So, like, in those cases, the best way is to actually, like, try to understand them and, like, naturally lead them with questions and concern. And then naturally they'll realize maybe there's something wrong with their thinking. And they'll rethink themselves. Like, don't force people to rethink but help them instead. Like, it was really interesting. The part that stood out to me the most from the first part, it's like, there was a graph, and it's like, judging your work instead of judging yourself. Oh, yeah. It's like, you do something, and you say, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever written. I'm a failure. But instead, Mm -hmm. you should be like, this is the worst thing that I've ever written. I can make it a lot better. Like, mm-hmm. I really like that part. It's the best. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember what it's called, but that was, like, some type of thinking, right? It's, like, not Optimus. I, I don't remember, but, like, yeah. And oh, I feel like, like a lot of this syndrome stuff... versus back order. Mm-hmm. Syndrome. And I feel like a lot of that would make sense also. Like with mental health as well because like the more you say that to yourself the more you're gonna like decline in mental health or like self self-worth yeah in psychology it's called you rumination rumination something like mm. that is it like okay rumination, rumination? or rumination yeah rumination. yeah rumination that's the word <laughs> yeah so like yeah that book Okay, the book, like, the graphs and stuff were pretty funny. They were pretty cool. I liked it. Yeah. I'm kind of unsure about, like, we're going to have, like, book clubs for that, aren't we? I don't think so. No? I think it's just to get our minds into the TOK brain. Style. Makes sense, yeah. Like, getting ready for the essays that are coming out. Mm-hmm. So that's I why they well, want guess... us to read it at the end. <laughs> I guess we could look forwards to it. Uh-huh. Oh, and also, this is just like I'm gonna lead into the next topic. There were some topics that, like, we kind of figured out along the way that would have been interesting to dive deeper into, and I feel like one of the larger ones was like the environment, like how the pandemic affected the environment. Oh yeah, yeah. Because at the beginning, it was like a really good effect on the environment and then afterwards after people started going out again it was like even worse than before mm-hmm. like like a short amount of time. yeah and even and, and then like another one i don't even know if this would fall under like i don't know international relationships as a topic or like also an environment but you know how like when the pandemic first started like gas prices were so low they like fell oh, to yeah. like record time low but now they're like so high, like even higher than like when before the pandemic. I know it's like double the price. Yeah, that was like so like, scary. I remember like, when gas prices were like eighty cents, but now it's like a hundred and forty. Dude, like 
Oh my gosh. There was like, like, and also like with the house prices thing, I, I don't remember if we talked about this in a certain episode, but like everyone thought the house prices would just continue to go lower in the pandemic. But then at one point they just started, boom, going higher. It never went lower. It just kept on going higher and higher. <laughs> Which is kind of <laughs> What are we going to do in the future? Oh my god. Oh my gosh. How am I supposed to buy a house? Because one million dollar houses, they're like really common now. Like everyone buys houses for a million dollars. My dad was talking to me the other day. He's like, if you can't afford a house in like, you know, in one of the downtown big cities or whatever, or even like where we kind of live in like more town-like places, he's like, just go to, like, Nova Scotia and buy, like, a huge piece of land for the same price that you buy at, like, a condo in, like, D.C. or, like, Toronto. Because it's, like, investment. Almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I but think yeah, it's just of- Canada's really bad. If you go down to the U.S., there's, like, houses that are $400,000. If you get that house in Canada, it would be, like, $2 million. Mm-hmm. But then again, I don't know. Living in the United States seems scary. <laughs> yeah. Even if I get a really nice house there, I don't think I want to live there. Mm-hmm. It's just like... It's so- <laughs> I feel like in the past few years, and even in the pandemic, the U.S. has just kind of went chaotic. Mm-hmm. Or maybe, again, that's just the bias that we're getting because the media is so focused on the U.S. that we're getting all the bad news bombarded in our faces. So it's like... Yeah, what's I, never get, I never get good U.S. news. It's always the bad ones that makes it to us. Yeah. And there's so much of it, too. It's like... Even with the Canadian news, like, no one really talks... If, so- if Canada does something amazing, no one's going to be... It doesn't go viral or anything, right? It's always the bad news that does go viral. I feel like that's the same for, like, every single country, though. The good news only goes viral if the people, like, if the country wants to use it. Or when when people are trying to compare two countries, they're like, this country didn't. This country didn't. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, Here's okay. This is like totally off topic, but it was just something that I was reading today, and this is like in our pop culture episode where we were talking about how streaming like platforms were asking people not to share passwords because they were losing money or something like that. You remember that conversation? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I was reading someone's uh these people's like arguments against that, and they were like, the companies they're not losing money when you share passwords they're just mad that they can't be making more money yeah yeah. so it's like share passwords just keep sharing i'm like you're you're not hurting anyone it's just that the way that the media words the titles and the headlines by saying that they're losing money it's the framing effect remember psychology you were talking about yeah. Oh my god. So it makes it into a negative mindset because you think, oh no, they're losing money. Like this is a bad thing for them. But actually, they're not losing any money. They still have their customers. But they're just like it's sharing like, passwords is just preventing possible customers. You know how if you play a game and you're like, I have a million dollars, but if you 
if you um, get this question wrong, you're going to lose 500,000. People would choose that over like you have 500,000, you have 400,000 right now. But if you get this question right, no, wait, I'm wording this wrong. They would choose that over like you have 500,000 wrong. Wait, what am I saying? <laughs> wait, are you saying that, like if you, if you get it right, you'll, oh, I don't even remember. You'll gain if you have like something that gains money. But in the end, you get less money than the one that loses money. Mm-hmm. You'll still, the people, they'll still choose the one that gains money because we like it when we gain stuff, but we never like it when we lose. Stuff. Oh, okay. That's kind of like the devil judge part. Actually, wait, wait what part? You know what I'm talking about? It's the part where, um, where they were trying to uh, get the guy who worked with the police chief lady to, like, give the information to them. And then, like, Johan was like, people don't like it when they lose what was already theirs. And it's where he had, like, the gold bars, and he was, like, telling you, like, tell me what you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And instead of, like, instead of, like, adding on, he was taking away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that part. I don't know. It was just that was so random, but it's just the way you worded yeah. it made me think of that part. Cause it was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Even if you can like even if you gain less than <laughs> you know what I mean. Yes, In the yes. end you end up with less money, but you feel better if you gain it. Mm-hmm. Instead of losing it. Yeah. yeah. It's like how sometimes, <laughs> even though you win something, but you don't win by a lot, it still doesn't feel as good as a win where you win by, like, a huge amount. Yeah. Or, like, even, you know how, like, some, I don't know, some world athlete, they got first in the Olympics. They got gold medal, but it was, like, underneath their record. They don't feel as um... accomplished. They're like, oh, I could have, I could have beat this record or stuff like that. You could have done better, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that's just some of the topics that, like, yeah, environment was a really big one. I feel like just a lot of like the global relationships would have been interesting too. I don't know mm-hmm. what other topics there would be though. <laughs> A lot of them, I feel like, fall under, like, different different already topics that we kind of talked about already, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, like, the next question is, like, did you think that there was, like, any episode that was, like, pretty accurate or inaccurate in, like, our opinion? Like, was did it seem more of just us doing really casual talk, or did it actually feel like, oh, my gosh, we're we're talking really accurate stuff or going on or whatever? I feel like a lot of these episodes had inaccurate information. <laughs> Same. Especially, I don't know, especially pop culture, social media. I feel like um, that would have the most inaccuracy. Mm-hmm. Or maybe education too. Or health. I feel like- health probably has inaccurate stuff. I feel like we can all agree that food was probably the most accurate. Yeah. 
But then, we like, when it came, yeah. <laughs> but then when it came to like pop culture and social media, I feel like the problem there is that the idea of pop culture and social media itself isn't really based in s- statistical fact itself. And pop culture and social media is different for everyone. Like everyone yeah. looks at it in a different way. It's like subjective. Is- yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, like, for episodes like the Olympics and stuff, because that was focused on, like, a specific event, it was easier to, like, narrow in and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, for pop culture and social media, it's, like, so broad, and it's different for everyone, so, like, it was mostly our opinions, I guess. Yep. Which is like a disclaimer. Like most of the episodes that people are gonna be listening to, like don't take it very seriously. Of we course, should have put a disclaimer episode. before each episode. <laughs> disclaimer. Didn't really do that. <laughs> I can put it in like just the podcast overview overall. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is like disclaimer. you know. Don't take this seriously. We're just high school kids. Exactly. This is a cast project. <laughs> okay but like i feel like it would be fun though in the future if like i don't know we've made like a podcast but instead of having it i guess focused more on um pandemic wise it could just be like life yeah i would like that too Mm -hmm. or like after we graduate we can do a podcast about ib (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> IB students, I feel like people would actually listen to that. Struggles like, we know IB. that no one's gonna no one's gonna listen to this podcast, but if we have like this IB podcast with like IB tips, insiders and stuff, people would listen to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would yeah, be like, to that would be interesting because we we'd already have like graduated and like I'm sure with like this app that we're using, it allows even if we don't live in the same place, right? Like because it's online over the internet but like that would be interesting and i guess this is kind of a regret but also not really for like this podcast is that because we didn't do any promotions at all we just kind of published it but then just like eh, like if people find it sure they can find it but like we're not gonna purposefully put it out there one because it'd be awkward with like all of the people in our social circle yeah (laughs) Maybe we should have made an Instagram channel, but, like, not followed anyone we know. Yeah. Maybe. Like, we even thought about possibly, like, promoting on my Twitter account, but then, like, I feel like none of the people on my Twitter would have wanted (laughs) Sorry, can you say that again? My mom just marched into my room. Oh. (laughs) I was just saying, like, like, even if we promoted on my Twitter, I feel like not a lot of people on my Twitter would be interested in stuff like this. So yeah. we did But, like, in the future, if we do, like, you know, go with the IB struggles idea and we actually promote it, I don't know. You know how there are lots of IB Instagram accounts? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we can prom- <laughs> ask them to promote it. Yeah. Who knows? Or maybe not even IB. I feel like making... A podcast about like K drama reviews. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know how like, there's lots of YouTube channels about I don't know K pop and stuff. We can do like a K drama review podcast. 
See, having a specific target audience is easy. We can just, like, manipulate yeah. them. And that'd be fun, too, because that's, like, such a large part of our personal lives. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably more part of my personal life than yours. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm slightly more varied because I, like, I don't know. I watch a lot of, like, Chinese stuff, too. And, yeah. yeah. I watch, like, anime, too, so... Oh, yeah. See, I don't know a lot about anime. I watched a couple of Chinese dramas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, but do you, like, watch a lot of the ones that are more popular in, like, the overseas audience? Yeah. Uh, makes sense. Yeah. I, don't know. I don't know how to get the insider ones. Oh, I mean, you can always ask me. I don't know. I, I feel like... A lot of the insider, like the more native ones that uh, native Chinese people like watching, they're a lot harder to understand, understand. and they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're not re- like the plot-wise, they're not really as easy to accept for overseas people as K dramas are. Because a lot of it's them kind deal of like with historical like- dramas. Like I don't. There's this one historical drama that a lot of people like. It's called Youth of May. It's about a protest in South Korea. Uh-huh. Honestly, since I'm not, like, South Korean, <laughs> I don't know much about their history or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's not as... I wouldn't say entertaining because I don't think it's a drama to entertain you. It's more like... Anyways... It's like historical dramas aren't for me since I'm not like Korean. So Okay, and it's also even worse in Chinese because yeah. like I've watched a couple Korean historical dramas, and maybe it's just because stuff gets lost in translation, but like in Chinese historical dramas, they actually make the script extremely ancient Chinese. Yeah, like, yeah. Like the way they talk and stuff. It's like even for me, who's like kind of half fluent in Chinese, like it takes me, like, half of the stuff they're saying, I only understand kind of what they're trying to say, but I don't understand what they're actually saying. So, like, imagine how hard it would be translating it into captions and then, like, no. Okay, but something I don't get is that how do they know about this? You know, it's, like, dialect, right? It's, like, an oh. ancient dialect. How do they know about the dialect? Oh, like, well. Talk. How do they know, like... Oh, you mean like dialects? Isn't like in China how they're like in different places they speak different dialects of Chinese? Oh, like no, like the ancient they used to speak a different type of. Oh, okay, okay. That is actually passed down a lot through um, written records. So, like writing. Because it's weird to think about in English because the English equivalent equivalent to that is like people talking in Shakespeare and oh no see like, you like, like I wouldn't be able to watch uh, just like an American show with people talking Shakespeare I don't think the actors can pull it off or anything like it's see, like, weird to in, think about in English yeah in Chinese like the characters they're still the same characters except it's just like they talk a lot more poetically per se and then, like, it's, yeah. So, like, a lot of, like, the poems that people write nowadays is kind of based on ancient Chinese. It's just the way that they use characters and the way that they, they yeah. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, but now that you say it, like Shakespeare in English, if there was like a TV show, it'd feel like a, it'd feel like a play. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I don't think I can. Like, okay, historical K dramas, historical C dramas, like they're pretty common. A lot of people watch them and stuff, but there was never like a historical American drama. Like American. Does America <laughs> have a lot of this? Yeah. So, <laughs> what would they do it about? Don't come at me, people, but like, come on, let's be honest here. Does America have a lot of history? <laughs> yeah. I don't know how they can like pull it off. I'd understand if it was like, I don't know. British history, European history, but like <laughs> American. Oh wait, no. Have you seen? There's this TV show. Um, Anne. Like and stuff, but that's oh Anne with an E. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what it's called. That was kind yeah, of like someone, someone in our school is like he was in that show, right? That's the only reason I know about it. Oh. Mm. Oh, oh yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah. <laughs> no, I watched that show because, like, um, it's based on Anne of Green Gables. Oh, yeah? Have you read the series? It's, like, pretty classic. I think I read it, but I completely forgot what it's about. Is it about, like, oh, the orphan? Oh, it's, like, it's about, yeah, it's about the orphan. And it's, like, based in, like, what, what is it? Prin- Prince Edward Islands, too. Like, it's a Canadian oh, really? story. I didn't know that. That's nice. Yeah, so that makes it really interesting. But yeah. So is it popular just in Canada? Is it popular in America too? The books? Or I like the no show? Idea. I, I, like so I feel like that's like something everyone knows. But that's because we live in Canada. Mm, yeah. I mean, like, if it wasn't for the books, I wouldn't have really known about like the show. I don't think the show is very popular outside of Canada. Oh, wow, really? At least, like, it's not as popular as, like, other shows that, like, you know, on Netflix that are, like, American or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go on about Anne with an E. Is it historical? Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's kind of historical. Okay, then... but the thing about historical dramas in the West, it's, like, only a hundred years back, right? Yeah. Exactly. So there's not much difference in language <laughs> and stuff. They're not going like, like feet dramas, <laughs> dramas. They're all like thousands and thousands of year back. Oh, it actually depends. You have like... different types of historical dramas. Yeah, that like some of the war periods of like World War Two, World War One. Others are earlier and like the um, the different dynasties. Mm-hmm. dynasties they have like oh it was this era it was this like the Qing dynasty or the no it was like the Tang dynasty so there's like a lot of the stuff that you're watching is like really and now I don't know I feel like in the it's it's more of a newer trend but we've been getting a lot of dramas that are more of like the I want to say like after World War II kind of like more modern historical oh yeah I feel like Youth of May would kind of fit into that time period where it's yeah. like did you watch it before no Youth but i've seen like i've seen a lot of news about it so i kind of know yeah, it, 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 like, it's not like a period custom it's yeah historical but like recent historical 
Mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of like the people who they're talking about are still alive today. They're maybe just, like, older, but it's, like, it's, like, maybe, like, I want to say, like, our grandparents or, like, their history, kind of. Maybe even, like, our parents. Like, that type of stuff. Yeah. Something about, like, Asia, like, all of Asia in general is that they, in class, they talk a lot about, okay, wait, they, they have a lot of history. Like, Mm -hmm. Like, China and Korea, Japan, they have, like, these dynasties and stuff, but we don't really have that. In history class, we don't really talk about that, about Canada, right? In Canada, we only talk about, like, World War II and... Oh, see, this is why, like... There's not, like, that much history. Yeah, history. the more I think about it, the more I want to actually just go back to China and, like, study ancient history or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> For a living, <laughs> I guess even in Europe, there's a lot. There's like, wait, mm-hmm. is the Victorian age and all that stuff in Europe, or is that in the West too? Europe. Oh yeah, the West doesn't have that. Like they have the medieval era, all those stuff. Well, like I, when I that. think of like American and North American history, I think of like after like when colonialism began, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they started coming over. Most of the history would be, like, the indigenous history, but we don't yeah. know any... They don't teach us about that at school. Which is a problem, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's, like, a, a large difference, because I feel like a lot of, like, Canadian history and, like, school curriculums, they follow the British path. And then British yeah, so history... We, we learned a lot about, like, the medieval era and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like... I don't know, at least I feel like in China, like personally speaking, they take a lot of pride in their history. So then they talk about it a lot and they teach it a lot. Cause like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you're learning, it's even in the language and stuff, it's still present and like it's really complicated and stuff. But then like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm kind of also, like, like jealous in a way because yeah. we're learning we're learning about other countries' history, not like our own history. Where they get to like learn so much about their own in-depth history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. I I noticed this a lot, but like the difference between um more a- East Asian dramas or like cinematography and like Western dramas and cinematography, it's kind of like I don't know. I feel like a lot of the East Asians are a lot more based in life, whereas the western they exaggerated a lot like oh like sitcoms they're super funny and they're like everything or yeah, like yeah, superhero yeah. shows where it's like sci-fi and everything or it'd be mm. just like like werewolves and like vampires yeah. and like supernatural yeah yeah i don't then, like sitcoms yeah, i used to be obsessed <laughs> with sitcoms like i used to watch that all the time before i watched like k-dramas and animes but like the thing about the thing about like east asian dramas is that they're so close to the it's way more they're, engaging like, in a way yeah like they're even just like their dialogue and then like the plot lines That's why, like the promotions are a lot better like if you have a samsung phone <laughs> and these oh. shows, people <laughs> be like, i should get that samsung phone but promotions they don't really work in the western dramas because it's like not that related to your life 
In yeah, but way- also I feel like because just in the West, um, the in pop culture, like entertainment industry, isn't seen as a big economic opportunity. But then like oh, yeah. like a yeah. opportunity because it's not as big. Like people watch it just because it's on TV. But then like in East Asia, it's like you know you have all of these different uh, platforms to watch all of these like shows, and then they're like yeah, everyone's watching it. Like it's a huge trend. I mean, like, it's a huge you... trend here, too. Like, everyone's watching Outer Brinks right now. Oh. Oh, I heard of it, but I haven't watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched, like, a couple of the... A couple minutes of the fourth episode in the second season. <laughs> <laughs> That's so specific. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, I don't know. It's just... And I feel like that's maybe why I don't... Like, you don't really get as attached to, like, Western shows. Of course, like, certain genres. Like, if you mm-hmm. like superhero stuff, or if you like sci-fi stuff, or, like, crime shows, then there might be shows that are for you in the Western TV industry. Medical shows. I'm sorry. Not true. But then, like, I don't know. Variety-wise, and, like, based on life-wise, I feel like East Asian dramas really do okay. get more. But I feel like... We need, in the West, we need more variety, variety shows, like game shows where uh, it's not like, like what is game, it's like a running, you know, like a running man, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, no, here's the problem. Here's the problem. I feel like in the West, the problem is they can't get celebrities to do that. Oh, yeah. They can get, like, they can get, like regular people from, like, every, like, you know, around us, like, who aren't celebrities to go oh, on, yeah, like, because, all of what do you call it? They had like Wipeout and yeah, that's the only one that I can think of right now. But like wipeout. those aren't even fun. Like a lot of the, like East Asian stuff, it's like they're getting like these huge celebrities to go on these shows and show yeah. you different sides of them that you don't get to see on screen. But then in Hollywood, they don't do that because the actors don't want to do that. Like we're actors, why would we because go on- they're actors? They're just focusing on acting. Yeah, like that's the difference. I feel like. And this is, like, maybe why there's, like, a difference in, in the entertainment industry in different places. Like, Hollywood is much more like, focused. Is, it's also why the fandoms are so different, too. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing for, like, both, like, Hollywood and East Asian fandoms. But it's, like, it's definitely a difference in culture. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, you know, after the Chris Wu thingy, right? China's yeah. now, like... In China's entertainment industry, like, in the past week or so, like, there have been, like, dozens of celebrities that have been gotten, like, silenced on um, social media and, like, stuff like that because of, like, different stuff happening in their lives, like, tax invasion and stuff or, like, relation. And then, like, the Chinese government is now talking about trying to get rid of that idolizing culture. How are they going to do that? Like, getting well, rid of the variety shows? Not getting what? rid of variety shows, but what they did a couple of days ago is that before on the Chinese social media, what you what would, what there was was, like, a ranking of, like, celebrity influen- influential ranking every single week oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. They, they got rid of that. That's like, good. That I don't think that's, like, really necessary. <laughs> exactly. And they also... Um, I think social media has taken a lot of responsibility. Like, what happens is, like, if fandoms are fighting, 
they will silence like they basically take like kind of like shadow banning on twitter but they basically like take away your account for the large uh, accounts that are fighting oh yeah yeah basically like stop the fight (laughs) and then like same thing with celebrities it's like if a celebrity says something or does something wrong like the chris thingy they basically take away your account too Smart move. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like both sides, like Hollywood and then, like, you know, East Asian industries, they both have their, like, weaknesses, too. Or, like, their bad parts. Mm-hmm. But I guess the Hollywood industry would be better for the people in it because, like, not their private lives aren't exposed. Like, in East Asia, uh, yeah. you know so much about these celebrities. You literally know everything about them. Well, you think you know everything about them. (laughs) You know everything they want you to know about. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I feel like their private lives are so exposed. Like, Mm. it's just a job, but, like, yeah. Yeah, like, in the West... Hollywood, it's better for the people that are working in Hollywood, but for the fans, it's not as engaging. Mm -hmm. I feel like in Hollywood, the difference is that people really do focus on your work rather than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people wouldn't care if, like, a really, like, if a celebrity dated or, like, got married or stuff like that. Because it's like, we don't care about your personal life. We only care about, like, the movies that you're putting out or the songs that you put out. But then, like... Yeah. In East Asian, it's like we care about you as a person. Like, what are your activities? What are you That's doing? Why, like all these idols get canceled when they get to date yeah. someone, <laughs> or like they come out that they're married and they have a baby after they get married. And have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, they're Too like scared of their fans. Mm-hmm. On one side, it's about. Uh, it's about fan loyalty and attachment, which is like I guess important. But on the other side, it's like just respecting the person's privacy. I feel like in the Western culture, it's a lot easier to just let go of your like the celebrity that you like. Mm-hmm. Okay, but also in Western, I feel like, and maybe this is just me thinking about it overall. But in Hollywood, at least today, you see a lot of nepotism. When? Like nepotism. It's basically where like um a lot of the celebrities nowadays are celebrities because they have some sort of relationship already to Hollywood. Like their oh, parents. Yeah. Or yeah, like yeah. yeah, their aunts and uncles. Like you look at any random, like, I don't know, singer or like model or something like that, and they're related to some major family or like to some famous person. Yeah. So that's one it's thing I don't like about Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's like not that open to people mm-hmm. who want to. Like you either you come from a good family and you're already kind of like rich and stuff and well off. Or like you're related to someone who already works in the industry. <laughs> I guess it's just harder for new people. Maybe in a sense. Yeah. But then again, they like, the entire... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they all have their flaws. Like, you know, 
we're just I guess we're just comparing and we're way off topic here. But like, yeah. <laughs> what were I even talking about? How did we even get here? <laughs> it started with like historical dramas. <laughs> I think I was like, we should do a podcast about K dramas. Oh yeah. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> I mean, this is super off topic. So maybe we should talk about something else right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We can okay. talk about this in our free time. This <laughs> is like a good 10 minutes on it. We could actually like just do another podcast and just make it just like whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. Okay, okay. Back on topic. I guess, um, yeah. So then like on our list, we were just going to talk about how like how have our lives changed in general from any areas that, like, we didn't really talk about or, like, stuff like that? Um. Oh, I feel like one of the things that I want to talk about is just, like, the family dynamics. That's the word. Dynamics, yes. Like, in my family, the family dynamics definitely changed because, like, my dad was staying home so much more and then... I don't know. It's just that a feeling where it's like we've gotten closer in the sense of that we're physically closer, but at the same time, we I feel like we've all gotten a bit tired of each other because we're always at home. <laughs> I feel like my family dynamics didn't change that much, which is kind no. of surprising now that I think about it. Like before the pandemic, me and my brothers... Our relationship was more of, like, um, we'd hang out, like, over the weekend and stuff like that. But then, like, most of the time, we're, like, okay with each other. But now, it's, like, because we're always together, we do find that we get kind of annoyed of each other. I was always annoyed at my brother, even before the pandemic. Oh. <laughs> so, that didn't change. I also find that, like, before, it's like, you know, in a week, sometimes we, like, go out to eat as a family. But now it's like we're always home. And I, I kind of have a feeling that, like, my mom's getting sick of having to cook every single day. And then, like, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been eating out a lot more. I probably ate out more this past month than in my whole life. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. <laughs> or, like, how, like, now we've gotten into this habit of actually watching a lot of TV shows together as a family, as opposed to, like, maybe only watching one show every single week, like, once a week before the pandemic. Just because we have so much time on our hands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, like, I watched going out on, like, my brother. <laughs> yeah. And this is, like, maybe, like mid-pandemic lockdown, but, like, going out on walks together as a family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I did that before the pandemic. Oh, you guys have gone on walks before the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. That actually, we used to do that a lot, but now we don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, I had something that I was going to add about, like, pandemic safety but i don't remember anymore so i guess i'll <laughs> i know but everything yeah. like schools schools got a lot more flexible mm, like yeah yeah i'm close 
scared that, like, now that now that the world has seen what technology can do, that they'll kind of rely on it more in the sense of, like, the workforce or, like, school. Oh, yeah. Like, completely shifting to Chromebooks or, like, completely shifting to, like, online meetings. My, friend school, my friend's school, they actually did that before. Before the pandemic, they were like a completely paperless school. Everything, every student got an iPad and everything was in that iPad. Like, it sounds good, but at the same time, it's just so worrying, I feel like, in a sense. See, the only thing I would look forward to technology-wise at school is like having desks with a built-in iPad. (laughs) 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 That's the only thing I can look forward to. But that probably won't happen while we're in school. Yeah, because there's just something so important about, like, doing math on paper with pen, pencil. Or, like, taking notes with pencil. Like, my brother, who's going to be in grade six, his handwriting is absolutely terrible. (laughs) Like, it hasn't improved. (laughs) I went to soccer camp a couple days ago, and then these kids, I just look at their writing, and they don't even know how to, like, you know, they don't even know the right steps of writing letters. Like, the A, the letter A, they do it in a really weird way. You know how you, like, go in a circle from the top? Yeah. From the left top to the right top, and then you go down? Mm Mm-hmm. So pretty much they start from the right top and they make a circle and then the stem goes down. So they start from the right top, make a circle, and then... Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. It was so much fun. Like, yeah, it's like, like, I'd be fine if I could read my brother's handwriting. The problem is his handwriting hasn't improved since he was in, like, kindergarten. Like, because yeah, they're yeah. just so reliant on, like, using iPads and, like, typing instead. Yeah, they just do coding all day long at school now. Coding and typing. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, like, the 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 world is moving too fast for me to comprehend. And that maybe, like, I'm kind of out now. And, like, my thinking's <laughs> stuck in the I house. know. We're, but like, we're like, like boomers now. Yeah, but I feel like... I feel like it seems kind of insane that there's a whole generation that doesn't know how to write, at least in a way that is legible. legible. <laughs> Just I, like can't understand my I can't read my brother's writing either. Maybe it's just the guys too, because guys usually have worse handwriting than girls. But it's also how, like, you know, they got rid of handwriting, like, classes in elementary school yeah. and the curriculum. They got And then, like, everyone's relying on typing. Yeah, I love like, We used to have to learn cursive in class, too, in grade four. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they do that anymore. I don't need I don't... my brother to know cursive, okay? Cursive is maybe asking... Sure, cursive is kind of, like, outdated now. No one uses cursive. But at least be able to, like... Right. Let me be able to separate your A's from your O's and your E's from your I's. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's going to become 
less and less possible because of the pandemic. Like all of a sudden there's this huge push to shift everything online. Do you think they're going to learn start coding soon in elementary school, like real coding, like Python, all that stuff? You know how like we learn math and stuff? You think coding will be the next big subject? Because coding, it's not essential. It's like not a mandatory course in the curriculum, right? Yeah. Do you think they'll make it mandatory? Do you think we'd use coding in everyday life, though? Or only the people who are like computer scientists? So many jobs are switching over to like coding based. Well, then maybe. Like, I took computer sciences. But then, like, I I don't know. It still seemed like a really unfamiliar subject in general. I know. I hated that class. It was it was pretty fun. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with coding anymore. Yeah. But then, like, I don't know. There's coding, and then there's also, like, just in general. Like, okay, even for my mom, like, um, over, like, the pandemic, they realized that they really can't, I guess, maintain their physical sales. So now, like, Hudson Bay, what they're going to do is Hudson Bay is actually going to create a separate shop. Are you allowed to say this in public? Is this, like, insider information? No, no, it's not insider information. Like, (laughs) you'll know about this. There have been ads for it, too. They're creating an entirely online shop. Which is actually separate from the Hudson Bay physical shop. So think of it as two different shops. Is it like a pickup store? I have no idea, but I feel like it'd be something kind of like just like like it's something like you know in um a lot of like East Asian shops have completely become online too. But it's kind of just like all of their products you buy online, and then they they have I don't know a huge warehouse with all of it, and they just like you know ship it to your house and stuff and whatever. Like there is I no don't like that. I really don't like online clothing mm. stores. <laughs> there is like so many flaws. There's delivery yeah. fees, and you can't try it out in the store. All exactly. That. And then like I don't know how I feel about it because like I feel like there are some things that work better online, and some things that don't work as better online. But it depends, honestly. But then like my mom and a lot of her colleagues are like not really worried but they know that this is going to happen they know that a couple years down the line probably the physical shops are probably going to close no so like this is just the beginning of a transition entirely from physical shops to online stores and then like similar to our um this is kind of similar to our foods episode where it's like our robots oh, yeah. make our food mm-hmm. Or, like, online, like, Uber Eats and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Like maybe that also goes into, like, the coding idea. Like, because then you don't really need people at cashiers and stuff. But you need people monitoring the website. And, like, yeah. customer service over the phone. <laughs> But it seems like jobs, they seem like they're harder to get now. Like, if cashiers are gone, like, you... Because you don't really need education to be a cashier, right? Mm -hmm. But now you 
you would need more education and stuff. <laughs> I don't know what I'm yeah. saying, but yeah. I don't know. If, it's if it's just you needed to get jobs. I feel like they're going to get a lot harder soon. Yeah. I feel like, like if there's one thing that this pandemic has done overall in general across any topic is that it's it's kind of fast forwarded a lot of stuff in our lives. Mm-hmm. Like if something when the pandemic started, how old was I? I was like fourteen or fifteen, and now I'm seventeen. I was fourteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, but these couple, I, yeah, I think I was 14 too, because my birthday, my birthday was like in March, which is when the pandemic started. Yeah. So yeah, I've been missing out like Prime these years three years, they seem like the exact same three years or two <laughs> years. Is it been two years? They, it feels the exact same. Like I got nowhere. Same. For me, it's kind of like a pause. It's not a fast forward. It's like a pause. I feel like, like individually, it may have been a pause because everyone paused their lives. But as like economically or like globally, it's been a fast forward. Mm-hmm. Different industries that may have may not have been as big as they were today, in like two years ago, are now suddenly like the front runners of society. Yeah, yeah, and then like the different parts of the industry that might have, like, give it, like, another 20 years in order to, like, disappear stuff. And now, like, cut down to, like, 10 years. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know. On a big scale, it's a fast forward. Yeah. For, like, evolution-wise, I suppose. (laughs) We're evolving. Mm -hmm. Now, do you want, like any of these to stay the same okay i feel like and we kind of talked about this in the health part but like i like the idea of maintaining our hygiene and our public like public health with like you know masks masks i feel like a lot of people or like the minority that wants to keep our masks on (laughs) everyone wants to take their masks off after I don't know. Masks, I feel like, are a good idea. Yeah. they're, But, like, still, like, in the future, they're going to be optional, maybe, probably, and I'm fine with that. But me, personally, I feel like, you know, if I'm going somewhere really crowded or stuff like that, you know, a mask would just help. Just having a couple masks in your bag or stuff like that in your pocket is just good. I hope, also, like, I don't care if, like, if everyone... Okay, after the pandemic's over, not everyone's going to wear their masks, right? Yeah. I don't care if, like, everyone wears their mask. If there's, like, a couple of people out there wearing their mask, I hope, like, that stays the same. So it's, like, comfortable for you to put a mask on, too. Do you mm-hmm. know that? Like, yeah, that's a new social norm that like I would like. Like, one out of ten people, I hope, like, ten percent still still <laughs> their mask on. Yeah. Or, like, if, if, if you get a cold and you still want to go to school, just, like, you know, Wear a mask, like no, and then not be judged for wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Or like in like public transportation, places like that. Yeah, I hope, like, I hope if you sit down. No, what am I saying? I hope if you go outside and you wear a mask, people want to look at you weirdly. Mm-hmm. 
And because also, if you cough, more people looked at you. <laughs> yeah, there's that. And also just, like, being really thorough with, like, public hygiene in terms of, like, you know, cleaning and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Especially in, like, dirty places like movie theaters. <laughs> yeah. Airplanes. And airports. Oh, there's one thing that I really miss. Traveling in general. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would have went to so to many places this summer. I went to I, zero places this summer. Oh, I went to like I went nowhere this summer either. I said I would have. Oh, I missed so many weddings <laughs> <laughs> because we um, didn't travel. Yeah. Next like, year I'm gonna um, have like a huge tour around the world, or not a tour around the world. I'm gonna have like a little Asian tour. My plan is that before I go to university like if the pandemic dies down over the summer like the last summer before university begins i'm gonna go back to china and probably do like an in china traveling thing and then after i graduate university i'm gonna go travel the world like take a year off entirely to myself mm-hmm. for me next well, year after i graduate i'm gonna like my parents were planning on going to bangladesh for a while and then after me and my cousin, we're going to go to Japan. And then after me and my friend, we're going to go to South Korea. Ooh. Hey, if if during the summer, like, you guys do go to China, too, and I'm in China at the same time, you guys are welcome to find me, and then we can go to, like... Yeah, I'll I visit you in China. But the thing about China <laughs> is that I'm, like, I'm decent at Japanese, so I could, like, live in Japan for a while. And, like... My friend, she's like decent at Korean, so we can like stay in uh, Korea. I I know I lowkey understand Korean. Thanks to Chinese. I give you your Chinese tour guide. That's good because you're like fluent in Chinese. Like for me and yeah. my cousins and my friends and stuff, we're not like fluent at these languages, but we're good enough to live. <laughs> we're good the funniest thing <laughs> is that in China. Most people can speak English, especially oh, yeah. in the larger cities. Oh, so true. there have been stories about like foreigners who go to China and they go up to someone and they go like they speak in Chinese and they ask for directions and then the Chinese person will reply in perfect English. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. No, but that's like okay, hopefully by the time we Okay, do yeah, I just China, added another country onto my list now. I'm going to visit you in China. <laughs> like hopefully the pandemic and like around the world won't be that bad and like we can actually travel without too much quarantining and stuff like that how long do you think this will last for like how much longer is this pandemic gonna go on for (sighs) i think i feel like a maximum of like three years and then it'll be gone i think it depends on which countries what about canada i feel like the pandemic's gonna go on for like another one year maybe yeah yeah but you know one thing that i'm kind of worried about if i do intend to travel the world or something like that is that if the custom of quarantining for two weeks will remain oh yeah i can't go to four different countries if i have to quarantine for two weeks right like there's that (laughs) part like like i don't know it just seems that might be something that i hope 
doesn't become a new normal in the future, having to, like, isolate for two weeks before actually, like, traveling and stuff like that. Yeah. But yeah. now, because of the circumstances, it's, it's like, a safety measure. But, like, in the future, I don't know. It seems a bit unnecessary if it dies away. Oh, because, like, in China, what they do is that if you're an international traveler, then you have to, like, isolate. But if you're, like, domestic, if you're going from, like, city to city or, like, province to province, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think that's the same thing in Canada. Yeah. They do that in every country. Because you don't have, like, like, borders at every province. uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. But it'd be bad for, like, people, like, yeah, if your plan is to, like, just stay in every country for, like, a couple days and, like, you know... Or like you know how it. a lot of people do a European yeah you know how a lot of people do a European tour where you yeah because you can like drive to different countries. Hmm. I'm like that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, and the European tour is like five or six different countries, but you mm-hmm. waste like if you go to six, you waste like twelve weeks just. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I Wait, mean, do you think it's different in Europe because the border? From one country to another, it's like the same thing as going to, from Ontario to Quebec. I think they have some differences in terms of guidelines because they're all under the European Union, right? Oh yeah. So they yes. might have. I know that they can travel. Like there was at at one point during the pandemic when things got a bit better. I know they said that oh, countries in the European Union will allow like, uh, people to enter their borders, right? Because that was just a deal that they had with each other in that union but i'm not sure about like let's just say the uk and like germany or like you know internationally i don't know but like yeah i I feel like now i mean maybe it's a bit too early to say but like when we do shift back to that new normal a lot of stuff might be different some of that might be good, like, you know, masks and hand sanitizers, but some of that might not be as good. I don't know. The good thing is that we're going to be all equally bad at talking to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone's, like, everyone's grinding down to the same level. (laughs) We're all just, like, stuttering, unable to form sentences because we, like, don't Mm -hmm. remember how words work. Yeah. Even, like, the social people are going to be awkward, too. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've gotten a lot more social online. I can talk to, yeah. like, so many people online. <laughs> mm-hmm, same here. Because before, I used to be scared of texting people, but now, like, it doesn't matter anymore. Exactly. <laughs> oh, another thing that's, like, really interesting to think about is how, like, we're literally living through history. Like, imagine yeah. in the future what it'd be like. We're going to be on textbooks. But the thing is, this type of history is so different from the traditional history we learn. Like, a lot of the history is in, like, social media posts and stuff, too, right? How, you know, like, Black Lives Matter spread it around. Mm-hmm. Spread around. My bad. And are they going to have, like, Instagram posts screenshots in their <laughs> history books. <laughs> like, one, one. I don't get how it works. Okay, my grade 10 history teacher always had us draw timelines. Imagine just this huge 
three, four-year timeline, whereas the pandemic timeline. Yeah. <laughs> and it's got all this stuff, like, oh, during this period, there was, like, the impeachment. There was, like, the elections. And then there was, like, the earthquakes. And then there was, like, the forest fires. And then there was also, like, the second lockdown. <laughs> oh, Bezos goes to space. Like, <laughs> it just feels like I don't know. Maybe maybe we're still biased too, right? Because like all of this stuff happening, like maybe in the yeah, maybe like maybe not everything will be recorded into the history books. Mm -hmm. Some of these stuff might be forgotten, and then we'll be like the ones to remember and pass it down to our kids or something. Yeah, like sometimes I feel like before the pandemic, there was maybe like the same amount of historical events that was being made, except we just never paid so much attention to it. But now, like, since COVID, it's like, whoa, COVID's such a big thing itself that all of a sudden, all of these, like, different yeah, yeah, events yeah. became, like, memorable in this, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember what that phenomenon was called. It's kind of like the Big Bang. Availability? I don't remember. Yeah, availability bias availability yeah it's like because when you think about historical events before you might have thought about like oh really historical events like you know like kennedy assassination like covid is such a large-scale thing which is why it feels more yeah because it was so global yeah like the last global thing i can think about is like the world wars (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) or maybe like even the swine flu, it didn't feel as big. Oh, yeah. Apparently, Maybe I we were young back then. I... Yeah, but my parents, they don't really talk about it, you know? They're like, oh, yeah, you got the swine flu, you know that? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> Apparently, I spread it to my friend, too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we should have worn masks. But the thing is, I didn't even know about the swine flu until COVID started. <laughs> See, like, okay, I feel like there'd be two things about that. One is that, like, maybe in the future, once we have kids, we won't really talk about COVID either. So it would make sense that your parents didn't. And two, it'd be like, maybe we were young, which just wasn't relevant to us. No, but COVID's, like, like, a lot bigger than the swine flu, right? Not sure. Maybe that, too. Or, like, SARS? I didn't know about SARS either before COVID. Like, after COVID, I learned about all these past epidemics or, like... Really? You did I feel like, yeah. Okay, before COVID, the biggest thing was Ebola. Yeah. Yeah. See, like, I knew about them, but they just didn't really seem relevant to my life. Because I, Mm -hmm. like, either one, they were, like, before my period and I was too young. Or two, like, they never reached where I was living. So it, like, didn't really matter to me. Like, I knew of them. I knew it was happening in the world. Doesn't really care, but then COVID, it's like, you know, it was yeah. just so big. But like, yeah, it'd be interesting to see, like, in like I don't know, ten years in the future. Yeah, like, are they gonna, are gonna, are they gonna store like TikToks into their history books? Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you know, maybe. COVID vaccines will become the next flu shots, you know? They just become something everyone needs to get, and it's just, like, annually. I don't know. Or it might be kind of, all these different variants. Small, what is it, smallpox? Just because uh-huh. one group of people got it, those vaccines, no one else ever had to get it. Oh. 
I think it'll be more like smallpox. Maybe, yeah. I think it'll be smallpox. I'm not sure. Disclaimer, I don't know. <laughs> but, like, yeah. I guess that's kind of just our podcast. <laughs> we went super off topic in the middle, but that's fine. We did. We just went, like, way off. <laughs> well, like, yeah, do you have any, I don't know, anything you want to add on finally or stuff like that? Say our goodbyes. Yeah, just, we finished our cast project. Oh, my gosh. That's the one thing out of the way. Oh, and we have one final week of summer vacation left that we can maybe kind of you enjoy. You want to get sushi this week? Dude, we should get sushi. Oh, my gosh. We'll plan that after. Yeah. <laughs> save, save you guys, the audience, from hearing us. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our cast project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when if, I, I just, if there's anyone listening, yeah, thanks. It's been like our first episode, episode zero, was published on July 13th, and it's already August, August 29th. 29th. Oh, wow. It's That's... been a whole month and a half. Mm-hmm. You guys have witnessed our summer vacation come and pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. Maybe, maybe I'll look back on this podcast 10 years from now. <laughs> Wait, then, actually, I should look back on this podcast. And then just it think, just oh my me. gosh, I sounded so stupid. <laughs> I'm gonna hear Why myself stuttering so much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, no, I'm probably gonna listen to our um our episode zero since it was like just us talking, our personality showing and stuff like that. We should definitely listen to the Olympics one because that one we were yeah. so passionate. Mm-hmm. I'm going to listen to that in the next Olympics, which is, like, 2022. It's, like, next year. Oh Winter God. Olympics. The Paralympics are happening right now. Ooh. Oh, really? Yeah. I think I saw some clips of it. Mm-hmm. So, like, salutations to the athletes competing right now. Good job, guys. Honestly, I can't imagine what they go through. All that training, dude. Like, what the heck? I'm too lazy to do anything. Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess this will be the end to our final episode of Pen and Normal Changes, which stands yeah. for Pandemic Normal Changes. Para, para, and it's like a play on words of paranormal. Yeah, like paranormal activity, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of proud. No, I'm kind of proud of our name. It's like a catchy name. Really? Oh, okay. I'm scared to be too cheesy. <laughs> no, it's not that cheesy. Paranormal change. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Well mm-hmm. then, I guess. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>